His service is a little crazy today is because we just came back from youth camp. And uh, hey, youth camp was, it was absolutely incredible. I mean, we've seen God do things that we never really expected or imagined for him to do. Uh, we've seen kids with drug addictions be set free. Uh, we've seen kids who've been hurting with depression and anger be set free. We've seen people step into their calling and step into their destiny. We've seen incredible things happen in the last two weeks. So excuse us if we're a little pumped or if we're a little loud today in church. But it's just because we believe, a, we believe in a God who wants to do extraordinary things in our lives. And, and I feel like I, ju I just got to get this off of my chest. It's stuck and I feel like it's not going to work unless I keep going. But Chachi, um, we spoke in camp. And for about nine years, you've told me that you've been behind that booth. I haven't been here nine years. I've only been here four years. And Friday after Friday after Friday, you've been behind that booth. And I just feel like I need to let you know that what you've did privately, God is getting ready to bless publicly. I, I sense that God is going to stretch you. I'm thinking about Isaiah 54 where the Bible says that it stretch your, te your territory, expand your, your territory. I see God doing that for you, man. I see you, God, I see you leading people. I see you leading a youth movement, man. I believe that. I believe that God's hand is on your life and you're just about to step into everything he's getting ready to do. I love you, man. I'm, I love that kid. Love you, bro. Love you. Hey, I'm excited to preach God's word today. Are you guys excited for God's word? You know what I love about God's word? Uh, you know, Jesus says that he is the resurrection and the life. Jesus also says that he is the word. You see, so it's important that we come in here to hear the word because this must mean that the word of God has the power to resurrect dead things that's in our life. So I pray that as you lean in, that the things in your life that's been hurting, that you feel have been lacking, man, I'm just believing that the power of resurrection is going to touch it. What I'm hoping is that today that we would leave differently than how we came in. I believe that every moment has the potential to be the best moment of your life. So I pray that we would not miss out on everything that God wants to do. Does everyone have their Bible? Hey, we're going to be reading out of Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, you look better than I remember. <laughs> you can look at your other neighbor and say, you look amazing. You look amazing. If they don't look, it just prophesy, just speak it in faith. Hey, so Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to start off at verse 14. And if you don't have the Bible, that's okay. They're going to put it up on these big ones uh, up here. And it says this, for this reason... I, oh, by the way, uh, I'm reading out of a sisterhood girl's Bible. Um, I was, yeah, Pastor Head, I was making me feel bad about it. So I figured now I, uh, you know, now I'm not insecure about it because I said it. All right, God's word. 14, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit and your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power, second time we saw that word, together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. This is my favorite part. Verse 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. 
We serve a God who does more than enough. We serve a God who will supersede your expectation. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Now to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen and amen. Wasn't that great? That God's word is so powerful. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your grace, your love, and your mercy. God, we thank you because we believe that what you're going to do today will supersede our expectations. So Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place. Father, I ask that I would decrease and that you would increase. And God, that your word would pierce through hearts, that would pierce through spirit, and Jesus, that we would not only be hearers of your word, but that we would be doers of your word. And it's in Jesus' name all of God's people said. Amen. Come on, all of God's people said. Amen. If you love Jesus, can you make a little noise in this place? Hey, hey what I want to talk to you about today is what I believe will serve as a foundational thing that will help you live your Christian walk to the next level. You see, I want to talk to you about the thing that you should pray for. You see, actually, the name of my sermon is called What You Should Pray For. Uh, I remember, uh, you know, my parents, they're, they're kind of funny because they like to go on vacation a lot, but they always leave me behind. For example, like this year, they just went to Europe for two weeks. And then the previous year, they just went for Europe for two weeks. And I don't know why they leave me behind. I guess I'm not that much fun. Uh, you know, I like to go to bed early. Uh, but this is what I told myself. If my parents are going to have fun, then I'm going to have a lot of fun. You see, I don't know. Have you noticed that you usually do things that are weird when people aren't around? I'll give you a quick example. Have you ever been in the highway? You're stuck in traffic. You look to your right and there's a guy picking your nose. Anybody seen that? If you're not raising your hand, it's probably because it's you. I mean... I mean, I don't know why we get this, this, this notion that no one can see us in our car. And in my house, it's the same exact way. I start doing things that I wouldn't do if people were around. For example, I listen to Taylor Swift music. I love Bad Blood, best song ever. Uh, I, I love eating junk food, so I eat pizza like every night. I invited friends over twice to watch the playoff games and the soccer games. I had like 40 people at the house. It was awesome. We had so much. Well, I'm exaggerating. I'm not that popular, but it was cool. It was fun. Uh, I, I was doing things that no one else, that, you know, that people wouldn't usually see me doing. Uh, I ate like 45 Pop-Tarts, like 35 fruit roll-ups. I had so much candy. I was on a sugar high. It was the best time of my life. Eventually, my parents come back and the fun is over. But I'm excited to hear, to hear their story. So my mom, she comes rushing with her phone and she begins to show me all these pictures of what was happening in Europe. And one of the coolest things that she began to show me were these big, huge, beautiful churches and cathedrals. I was blown away by these beautiful pieces of architect. I mean, it was amazing. And I asked my mom, Mom, were you guys, were you guys doing church in there? Were you guys worshiping? Was, well, I mean, what was happening? Were you guys hearing God's word? And she goes, no. These were, they were museums. And, and that bothered me a little bit because if there's something that I understand about our God is that he's not into creating monuments, but he's into creating movements. And here's the thing that I want to let you know, that you're not meant to live a monumental Christian walk. You're not meant to live a life of stagnancy. In fact, the Bible says that you're supposed to move from glory to glory and from faith to faith. You see, we're not created to live a stagnant walk. And the very thing that will ignite your life to the next level would be prayer. 
And not only would it be prayer, but it would be the very thing that you and I need to pray for. I wonder why we have such a powerful tool, but we don't use it. I mean, it makes no sense to me that we have an all-powerful God who wants to listen to his people pray. The Bible says that he would answer the prayer of a righteous man. God wants to move in your prayer. I, I, I think of two reasons as to why some of us probably don't pray. Or at least why some of us don't pray probably as much as we should. Truth is, I remember when I first start, started coming to church, I used to get bored. I'm just being honest. I, I didn't really know how to pray. I would get bored and sometimes I would, fall my, I would find myself at night on my knees and, Jesus, thank you for your... And then I would, just, I would just fall asleep. I mean, it, it just happens. It just happens. I remember one time when I was younger, I, I gave my life to Christ at the age of 16. And I grew up in a Spanish Pentecostal church. Anybody like that? Anybody went to a Spanish Pentecostal church? Yeah, so you saw a lot of interesting things. And then I remember one time, we were having this amazing worship service. I mean, God was moving. He was doing his thing. The presence of God was so heavy. Worship was through the roof. It was through the next level. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. We're, we're, incredible. Incredible. We're all on our feet and we're worshiping and... All of a sudden, I, I hear, and I look back, and it's my friend Adam on the floor. And then people start celebrating. They're like, oh, my gosh, he, he was touched by the Holy Spirit. He was touched by the Holy Ghost. And I was blown away. I was new to church. I was like, what is happening here? This is crazy. And I spoke to Adam after service. I was like, bro, what happened? Did God touch you? He was like, no, bro, I fell. And, the, <laughs> and I thought it was legit because when he fell, he said, Jesus. He says, the reason I said Jesus was because I fell. I hit my knee on the floor and I said, Jesus, it hurt. He, he fell. And the truth is, another reason is a lot of us just don't know how to pray. Another story, I remember I was 16 again, Spanish Pentecostal church, and we used to do these things called prayer circles. And I was super intimidated by these prayer circles. Because on one side, you had the guy who squeezed your hand way too hard. And the louder he would pray the more he would squeeze your hand. And then on this side, you had another guy uh, who, who was just dead. It was like, bro, come on, give me something to work with. You know, like, give me something. And then there was always that other guy who was just like the master prayer. I mean, nobody can pray like this guy. He's like Pastor Alex. Like, he prays and the fire from heaven comes down and just take, take care of it. I mean, I mean, it's crazy. And, and, you know, sometimes I would listen to a guy like this pray and I would say, man, I, I, if I were God, I'd answer that prayer. I mean, he even quoted Deuteronomy 28. No one quotes Deuteronomy in the prayer. I mean, it, it's crazy. You know, sometimes it can be frustrating when we don't know how to pray. But I want to give you one specific thing that I believe that will change your life if you pray it. But before we go there, I want to talk about another two problems. For some of us, our prayers are too small. And for some of us, our prayers are too general. What do I mean by a small prayer? What I mean by a small prayer is, God, be with me. Be, be with, well, God says, I never left you, nor will I ever forsake you. Oh, oh God, just a general prayer. Oh, God, just protect me. Well, no, I already said that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But here's the thing. General prayers will never move God to a specific action. So sometimes when we pray, we got to be specific with God with what we want. In fact, Jesus said himself that when you pray, don't ramble on for hours, but be specific about what you want. It's okay. It's okay to want something specific for God to answer. In fact, that's the kind of prayer that God asks for, specific, general prayers, powerful prayers, big prayers. I want to give you a story about a man named Martin Luther. You know, Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, 
but Martin Luther, he was from the 1500s. He was actually the one who was responsible uh, for the reforming of the church. And it, it was an incredible story, but he had an assistant called Frederick. His name was Frederick. And what was happening to Frederick is that Frederick was dying. So then he sends, he sends a letter to Martin Luther and he says, hey man, I, I just want to let you know that I'm dying, that my time is running out, that I can never, I, I, I just can't do this anymore. I'm taking my last breaths. And I want you to hear the prayer that Martin Luther said. This is what he said. He said, I command you in the name of God to live because I still need you in the work of reforming the church. And now he's about to prophesy. He says this, the Lord will never let me hear that you are dead, but will permit you to outlive me. For this I am praying because I look only to glorify the name of God. That's a big prayer. That's a specific prayer. And this is what happens. It says that as Frederick was laying on his bed, he had a speech problem. He lost his speech. Not only did God recover his speech, but he also lived another six years and died two months after Martin Luther died. I mean, it's time to pray big prayers. I came to tell you that it's time to pray big prayers. It's time to pray big prayers. And we're going to look at one thing. And we're going to look at the example of Paul. This is what Paul said. Paul would say, every time he would pray, he would get specific. He says, I pray so that. I pray that you're strengthened so that you would advance the gospel. I pray for this so that you would encounter the love of God. And this is what we're going to pick up. Ephesians 3, 14. We're going to go verse by verse. This is what he says. He says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derive its name. For this reason, I kneel. Say kneel. You see, kneeling is a powerful posture. And I want you to know that your posture, it matters. I think that he wrote in the Bible that he knelt for a reason. You see, I believe the reason that he wrote that he knelt was because he wanted to show that we needed to show reverence to God when we pray. Another reason why we kneel is because when we kneel, we're petitioning God to do something on our behalf. And if it's okay with him, if it's a part of his will, we're humbly asking God, can you do this for me? Paul comes humbly Verse 16, he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches. Do you know that when you and I pray, we're praying to a gloriously rich father. We're praying to a father who has everything. The Bible describes him as the one who has a thousand cattle on a hill. It, it describes him of all the silver. He's the one who owns all the silver and all the gold. He, he is gloriously rich. But we encounter a problem because we have a gloriously rich father, but a lot of spiritually impoverished kids. Because we don't approach him as a God who's gloriously rich. Some of us are living, are living defeated lives because we don't tap into the power that we have in prayer. God wants to give you more than you can ever ask, think, or imagine. I love what the Bible says. It says if our mom and dad who are evil know how to give us good gifts, then how much more does our heavenly father would give us if we would just ask? So I wonder what our lives would look like if we would ask God for what we need. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being. Why? Verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts 
through faith. He says, I pray that you would have power so that Christ, so that Jesus may dwell in your hearts, that Jesus Christ may dwell in your life. I need God's power to be a Christian. I need God's power to be a good son. I need God's power when I preach. I need God's power to overcome sin. I need God's power to overcome temptation. We need God's power to overcome the enemy. The Bible says that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. But you know what that tells us? That there are weapons forming against you that will prosper. That there are weapons, I'm sorry, not that they will prosper, but there are weapons that are being formed against you. So when we tap into the power of God, when we tap into prayer, it saves us, it heals us, it restores us, this power that we need to pray for. Uh, the Bible des describes it as this word called dunamis. It's a Greek word. And it means dynamite explosive power. So what God is saying is that I need you to have a powerful dynamite explosive power that will keep you from the target of the enemy. God wants to give you a dunamis kind of a power. A power that would cause you to live the life that you've only dreamed of. And sometimes it's a shame that we have access to such a great power. But we never really take hold of it. You know, I feel like there's a lot of us whose battlefield, it's in the mind. You know, and you're always hearing thoughts. You're always hearing thoughts that are contradictory to God's word and to God's promises. He's always telling you, oh, you're not good enough. Oh, you want to do this with your life? That's not going to happen, man. Do you remember what you did last week? That, that drug addiction that you're battling, you're never going to break free from it. That, that thing that you're dealing with, you're never going to get away from it. But you know, the way that we fight the enemy is with God's word. And you know what I love about God's word? That the Bible describes it as a sword. So if God's word is a sword, then prayer must be the way that we use it. Prayer must be the thing that, that, that causes us to use God's word as a sword. You know, I remember I, I, I just finished remodeling my room. And uh, my room was really weird. It had baby blue walls with smiley faces everywhere. I had a colorful fan. It looked like I was sleeping in Disney for 15 years. I mean, it was, it was weird. It was crazy. And then what happened was is that I painted my room. I got new furniture. I started remodeling everything. And I always had a DVD player in my room. But I never got to watch DVD players because I could never find an extra socket. But would you have it that when I moved this piece of furniture, I found an electric socket that I've never seen before in my life. For 15 years, I had access to something that I never plugged into. There are some people in here that you've been dealing with the same problem for 15 years, for 20 weeks, but you haven't tapped into the very thing that God says that he wants to give you to overcome your struggle. We have this power that God wants to give us. You just got to plug into it. What's the thing that we need to pray for? Power. Verse 17, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with the Lord's people. To do what? This is awesome. To do what? To grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. We need the power of God in our lives. I feel like there's a parent in here that you've been praying for your son to return home, that you've been praying for your son to come to church. 
The prayer that you need to do is, God, I pray that he would have power to understand your love. There, there's people in your life that you need to pray for. And what Paul is saying, the thing is that what we need to pray is that, God, I pray that they would have power to understand your love. The reason that we need God's power in our life is because we need it to understand God's love. When we understand God's love, it's incredible. You see, this is why we need power to understand God's love. Because God's love isn't something that's naturally revealed, but it's something that's supernaturally understood. That's why sometimes I, I look around and there's people who, who, who aren't following God and I, and I don't get it. It's because they need the power to understand God's love. You know, God's love is difficult to understand mainly because God's love does not work the way we work. You see, our perspective of love is skewed. Our perspective of love doesn't make sense. Our love says that, hey, if I do this for you, well, I know that you'll do this for me. But God's love is uncircumstantial. Like, it's not based on circumstance. God's love is unconditional. It's agape. It's a love that makes no sense. It's a love that we need power to understand. Look, John 3, 16. They're, they're going to put it up on the screen. This is a verse that we read so often. But it says, for God so loved the world. The band can start coming up. For God so loved the world. Okay, let's just stop right there. It says that God so loved the world. You know what's crazy about this word world? Is that every time this word world is being used in scripture, it's used to describe a bad cynical system. It's used to describe bad people. It's used to describe a people who aren't morally good. It's used to describe a people who are in sin. So this is what it's saying. It says, for God so loved bad people. What? We serve a God who loves bad people? This makes no sense. At least to me it doesn't. Because if I know someone does something wrong to me, I know it's going to be difficult for me to love them. But we serve a God who loves bad people. And not only this, he says that he gave. I, I, sometimes it blows my mind. I, 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 sometimes I ask God, God, I, it doesn't really work like that down here. You know, like it, you don't make sense. This is not the way we operate here. He, he so loved that, that he gave. Have you ever been at dinner and uh, someone tried to take your last sushi roll? It's a no-no. Or someone takes, tries to take your last piece of gum. It's just rude. And these are people that we love and we have dinner with. But God says that he gave his son to bad people. It's a love that's uncomprehensible. It's a love that we don't understand. It's a love that we need power to understand. I love what Jude says. Jude chapter 1 verse 21. It says, keep yourself in God's love. You know why it says keep yourself in God's love? Because God doesn't need instruction. You see, God's love never moves. And the reason that his love never moves is because God does not do love. In fact, God is love. So every time God steps into a situation, love shows up with him. So what we're being instructed to do is be filled with power. Pray that you have power so that you may keep yourself in God's love. So whenever you do something wrong, and the enemy's telling you that you're not good enough. I need God's power to keep myself in God's love. 
whenever I feel like my sin is overwhelming and my temptation is too strong. I need God's power to keep myself in God's love. We need God's power to keep ourselves in God's love. I pray that you would have his power to understand how passionate he is about you. Because when you understand God's love, nothing else matters. When you understand God's love, the opinions of people don't matter. When you understand God's love, what people have to say about you, it doesn't matter anymore. Because now you can live for an audience of one. Because you understand God's love. You understand where God's love is taking you. You understand what God wants to do in your life with love. I pray that we would have his power. You need his power to overcome your sin. We all sin. It's the fall of humanity. You need God's power to overcome temptation. You need power to live out that life that he has called us to live. You need power to start that business. You need power to start a connect group. You need power to get involved in church. You need power to step into everything God wants to do in your life. You need God's power from the inside out. It's a power that needs to rest within you. And this is where we find ourselves, Ephesians 3.20. This is where the Apostle Paul is going. He says, now to him, he's talking about Jesus, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. We need God's power to understand that we have a God who wants to do immeasurably more. He does more than you expect. He can do immeasurably more than you ask. He wants to do immeasurably more. Some of us are afraid to pray for something big, but God wants to do immeasurably more. Some of us are, are scared to pray for someone that we know needs healing, but I want you to know that we serve a healing God and that God wants to do immeasurably more. God wants to do immeasurably more. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine anything that you can dream of, anything that you're hoping for, anything that you want, God can do immeasurably more. And this is what I love. This is what Paul says. He says, according to his power that is at work where? According to his power that is at work within us. You know what that lets me know? That we have everything we need in order to do what God has called us to do. That the power of God is inside of us. In fact, the Bible says that the same spirit that resurrected Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives within you. We have everything that we need inside of us. Now to him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You know what my desire was for this message? My desire was that this could be a message that I can use in my everyday. Because sometimes I find myself feeling like I'm failing as a believer. Like I'm not good enough. Sometimes insecurity, they just, they just take me over. But I'm so thankful that we have a God who wants to give us his power on a daily basis. You see, I pray that every single day that you would petition God 
for his power. So I pray that after today, we will no longer pray safe prayers, that we will no longer pray small prayers, that we will no longer pray little tiny prayers, that we will not pray dead prayers, but that we would pray prayers to a God who wants to answer his people. I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet. And I don't know what you've been asking God for. I don't know what you feel has been lacking in your life. I don't know what's that petition that you have in your heart. But something that I understand is that we serve a God who moves on behalf of his people. You know, I pray that today you didn't come just to have another church service. This is more than an event. I pray that you and I came to encounter a living God. I pray that we came to encounter a God who will change our destiny. I pray that we would encounter a God who would set us free from things that's been holding us back. So maybe you have a prayer in your heart and maybe you're desperate to see God move in a certain situation. What I'm going to ask is right there where you are, just lift up your hands if that's you. If you know that you have a situation that you want to see God move in, just lift up your hands right where you're at. And we're going to pray. And we're going to believe that God's going to come. So Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing in this place, God. God, we thank you, God, because you are a heavenly father, God. And if our moms and dads know how to give good gifts, so much more can you, Lord. So Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit. God, we ask for your blessing. God, we ask for your power. Father, I pray for those who are praying for healing, that they would find healing in this moment. Father, I pray that you would give people faith and hope and love to step into everything that they're called to step into. Jesus, I pray that you would move in this place, God. And Father, that we would live a life that shows that we are moving from glory to glory and from faith to faith. And it's in Jesus' name, all of God's people said, amen. 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 Come on, did this message help anybody? Did it help anyone? Good, good. And I want to do one last prayer. Maybe this is your first time in church. Uh, maybe you find yourself where like we're talking about a God that you just don't, you don't understand. It's a God that you've never encountered. I just want to let you know that the reason that you're here today isn't because of a coincidence, isn't because, I don't know, it was just by chance, but it's because God wanted you here today to tell you that he loves you. You see, God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. So what I'm going to do in this moment is I'm going to give you an opportunity to make a commitment to follow Jesus for the rest of your life. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three. And if you want to encounter this God, if you want to have a relationship with God, if you want to commit yourself to walking with the Lord, this is going to be your moment. You know, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. The truth is we don't know when our number is going to be called. We don't know when our ticket's going to be pulled. We don't know what's waiting for us on the other side of those doors. But what I do know is that when we die, we will have the opportunity to see Jesus face to face. And today we want to offer you that same opportunity. So if you know you need God with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand right where you are. One, God loves you. Two, he's not mad at you. He's madly and love with you. And three, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. If that's you, you can just lift your hand right where you are so we can pray for you. God bless you, and God bless you, and God bless you back there, and God bless you, and God bless you, and God bless you, and God bless you, and you, and you all the way in the back. 
Come on, is there anybody else? Don't let this moment pass. Don't let this moment pass. Maybe you need to recommit. Okay, if that was you, repeat this prayer after me. It's not necessarily about the words, but it's about your heart. And let's repeat this together as a church. Say, dear Jesus, I acknowledge that you died and on the third day you rose again. I know that I'm a sinner and I thank you for forgiving me. Jesus, I ask that you would be my Lord and that you would be my Savior for all the rest of my days. And it's in Jesus' name all of God's people said, Amen. Come on, can we make some noise for all those? Amen. Hey, if today you made that decision, we just want to resource you. This is a Bible. It's the Word of God. It's the way that we get to communicate with Him. It's the way that we get to know Him. And it's free. It's absolutely free. So what we're going to say is as soon as the service is over, you can go out into the foyer. And at the Welcome Lounge, there's going to be a group of people holding this Bible up. They just want to pray for you. They want to thank you for coming. And they want to give you this word. Amen? Hey, let's pray one more time and we're going to go back into this song. Father, we thank you so much for what you've done in this place. God, we thank you so much for your grace and your love and your mercy, Lord. And Father, I thank you because we get to meet you midweek, God. Because midweek we get to come and get a word from you. Jesus, we love you and we bless you. And it's in Jesus' name all of God's people said. Living water. Come on, church. Open heaven. Come on, let's sing that again. Living water. Living water. River wild in me. Open heaven, crashing over me, restore me in your glory. Oh, Holy Spirit, burn like a fire, oh, consume me, consume me here in your presence. you but I was blessed by that word here tonight you guys were blessed by it just want to thank Mike one more time Mike thank you so much man Mike is one of the guys that preaches like that on Friday nights here for youth so if you have a young person that you want to bring here hey, they can attest to that yeah he's one of the, the teachers on Friday nights so hey for the rest of us let us go out there and 
pray big prayers and I also want to remind you about Friday and Saturday City Care and also just reminding you that we're continuing on our Rise Above series all right and Pastor Alex is going to be this Sunday he's going to be continuing that series so make sure you invite people and you come back and we hope to see you have a great rest of the week we love you God bless you guys